All right, folks, that's the Brian Hornback podcast. Now, what you just heard is a little bit of a song by Handsome and the Humbles, my buddy Josh Smith, uh, and that's called Knoxville Lights. That's off their Have Mercy uh, project. And uh, I had sent <clears throat> Joshy, Josh, a message and said, man, I need to have you on my podcast one day. And I'd love to use Knoxville lights. And so there it is. Um, and uh, uh, he, he said that would be great, but we've not officially said anything. But let's hear a little bit more of that Knoxville lights, that little bit of a segment of, from Handsome and Humbles, my buddy Josh Smith and Knoxville lights. This is episode 47, so you got a little bit of idea about what that song's about. It's about a uh, young kid that grows up, and uh, his dad tells him that the military is probably a good place for him to go, and he takes off, and uh, when he lays his weary head down at night, he sees those Knoxville lights, uh, and then uh, obviously you also heard the other verse there about um, being over uh, overseas in a politician's war, so kind of appropriate. Uh, as we've lost 13 lives in Afghanistan and one of them from right here in Knoxville. Um, so Josh, I'm going to tag you on this Facebook. So you've heard it now. Now we just got to get you on the Brian Hornback podcast at some point and, um, hope you'll continue to let me use Knoxville lights because, um, been listening to these guys since my buddy Clay Crownover introduced me to them, I think they were the first. Were they the first? They're the first act that played at the Blue Blue Slip Winery. Uh, I think they were, and um, it was for a CD release. <clears throat> and uh, guys have, have produced several other projects. I download them, but I promised Josh that I need. I want the entire CD library and i'm a couple behind right now uh but i'm gonna get those um but hey let's talk about this past week so uh the week started on uh, august the 30th um obviously of 2021 uh and we uh the wife had a had a birthday on the 31st for those of you that follow me on facebook the wife had a birthday on the 31st Uh, she's finally legal and um they uh so she had a birthday on the 31st the 31st was also the city of knoxville election but before we talk about that let's talk about what happened on monday monday the 30th no i'm sorry 
31st is right. 31st, let's talk about that one first. That was the city of Knoxville primary election. Uh, you had five city council seats up for election, five of the six. No, I'm sorry, five of the nine. Um, you had um, District 1, District 2, District 3, District 4, and District 6. If you're watching YouTube, my fingers are probably kind of confusing. District 1, you had three candidates. You had Tommy Smith, uh, David Hayes, and Elizabeth Murphy. Uh, David Hayes was eliminated on the primary, and so you have Tommy Smith and Elizabeth Murphy going forward to November. Then you had, uh, in the second, uh, you had Andrew Roberto and Kim Smith. Both of those advanced to November. In the third, you had Seema Singh, Nick Sapporo, and both of those are um, advancing to November. In the fourth district, you had uh, Jim Clonaris, uh, Jen McMahon, and Lauren Ryder. Uh, Jen McMahon was eliminated um, because she was the third uh, vote getter, so that advances Jim Clanaris and Lauren Ryder uh, to the uh, <clears throat> to the um, to the general in November, and then you had uh, Gwen McKenzie, um, Deidre Harper, and Garrett Holt uh, in the sixth district. Fifth district is not up; he's up when uh, the three at larges are up in two years with the mayor. Um, that's Charles Thomas. Uh, so in District 6, you had Gwen McKenzie, Deidre Harper, and Garrett Holt. Uh, Deidre Harper uh, might have been the shock of the night uh, by most observers, as it's a primarily African-American district. Uh, and uh, Deidre Harper was eliminated uh, because she was the third vote-getter. And uh, so Gwen McKenzie and Garrett Holt advanced to November. Uh, the three people that did not advance, David Hayes, Jen McMahon, and Deidre Harper, were all part of what has been called the city council movement. They came into place about four years ago in supporting Seema Singh in the third district. Uh, and then two years ago, they um, <clears throat> helped Lauren, uh, they helped uh, Seema Singh in an at-large race where she became um, the, um, where she and Amy Midas uh, became the top two to run in, um, in that uh, at-large race and Amelia Parker won. So the city council movement had, two races uh, that uh, they were um, uh, that they were successful on in the last four years. Uh, but now they are, um, but now the, the three races that they had candidates in, in 2021, the city council movement's not in. So they have to decide. And, and the interesting thing is the incumbents, the five incumbents, uh, Smith, uh, Roberto, uh, Seema Singh, Lauren Ryder and Gwen McKenzie, all of those would be considered in the middle uh, because the city council movement folks would have been considered left of the middle. Uh, so the, the incumbents are kind of in the middle. The candidates <clears throat> that are, are, are opposing them or running against them are, um, are all supported by the Republican Party. Uh, so they would be considered the, the right. Uh, and so those would be Elizabeth Murphy. That would be uh, Kim Smith. That would be Nick Sapporo. That would be um, Jim Clanaris, and that would be um, Garrett Holt. Uh, so we will see what happens between now and October the 13th when early vote starts. October 13th to the 27th is early vote, and uh, we'll try to get all of those on the podcast uh, at some point in the near future. Uh, then let's go to Tuesday to Wednesday, uh, September the 1st. And we find um, 
ourselves at some reorganization meetings because it's September 1st. Uh, the county commission, the school board have to select new leaders for the year. Uh, Larson Jay had been the commission chairman uh, for the last year, uh, and he did not seek a reappointment as commission chairman. Um, and so you had, what you had was you had uh, Richie Beeler, the, um, the, uh, um, the, the representative from up in uh, East Knox County that was seeking the chairmanship. John Schoonmaker from uh, West Knoxville, the 5th District, was also nominated. He withdrew his name. Uh, I guess he, he had, I guess he saw the handwriting on the wall that Beeler probably had more votes than him. Uh, he had been serving as vice chair with Jay, uh, so he withdrew. But then he, he was nominated for vice chairman. But so was Justin Biggs, the at-large commissioner. Larson Jay was the at-large commissioner from seat 10. Justin Biggs was is the at-large commissioner from seat 11. He's running for trustee next year. Uh, so he's got one year left. And the commission, um, a majority of the commissioners chose Biggs over Schoonmaker. However, Schoonmaker still has some leadership on the commission because um, in addition to all of that, they also select chairs of their committees. Larson Jay, who was the former commission chair, challenged John Schoonmaker to be the finance chairman. But John Schoonmaker prevailed, so he will serve a second year as the finance committee chairman. Um, and, and all the commissioners, all 11 commissioners serve on the finance committee. So John Schoonmaker will lead that committee. Uh, and so there was a, some other committees that I will detail out on the blog, brianhornback.com, about who's in leadership and who's on those committees, if you're so inclined to know that. Um, then uh, every 10 years, obviously, we do a census across America, and we have to change how our uh, we have to make sure that our elected officials represent the same number of people. And so there's a redistricting committee that began its work also on Wednesday. Uh, I think Commission Chairman Larson, former former Commission Chairman Larson J thought that he was going to be the redistricting committee chairman, uh, and from all intents and purposes, he had done a lot of the the preliminary work up to the Wednesday meeting, as him being the commission chairman. Uh, and uh, when the Met, um, Mr. J was nominated, but as was. Um, 4th District County Commissioner Kyle Ward. Sorry about that. Um, and so Kyle Ward um, prevailed in being the, the chairman of the redistricting committee. And so what that will do with that one, you got all 11 commissioners on that committee, along with Administrator of Elections. Um, Chris Davis is on that committee, as is the school board chair, which Prior to the meeting, we kind of assumed that it would be Susan Horn, who is the has served for two years as the school board chair. Uh, but at four, so this meeting where they selected the chair and vice chair of uh, commission was at four o'clock. At four thirty, the Knox County School Board was meeting across the street in the Andrew Johnson Building, off of Gay Street in Knoxville. And they selected Christy Christie from South Knoxville as their chair, and they selected Ebony Satterfield, the um, as the chair, as the vice chair of the school board. 
Patty Bounds, who's uh, not seeking re-election, nominated Susan Horn. She, along with Mike McMillan, which is going to be an interesting story here in about 30 seconds, um, not um, voted for, as did Susan Horn. Those three voted for Susan Horn. Everyone else voted for Christy Christie. Uh, to be chair, Evity Satterfield was elected by acclamation, much as what happened across the street was different in the fact that Richie Beeler was elected by acclamation and Justin Biggs and John Schoonmaker. Um, Justin Biggs got more votes than John Schoonmaker and was elected vice chair. So it was the, kind of the opposite across the street at school board meeting. But both bodies have fresh new leadership, which is a good thing. Um School board had a long marathon meeting. Oh, so then the redistricting committee. So they selected their chair, their vice chair, and they proceeded the the first discussion of redistricting. Uh, so Christy Christie being the school board chair now, she'll be on that committee. They've got two more meetings in September, the 16th and the 23rd. And so we'll try to follow that uh, as much as we can. Um, and um, the school board then had a raucous marathon meeting where they had 60 different Individuals signed up uh, to speak about mass mandate and COVID protocol, uh, all those type things. Uh, I captured some pictures from outside the Andrew Johnson building because it was such a small venue. Uh, it was in the small, it was in the first floor boardroom, conference room, uh, not much seating there. Uh, so they only allowed the 60 people that had signed up to speak to, to be in the building. Everyone else was put outside the building. Uh, which really raises some interesting discussion. Um, the Knoxville New Sentinel apparently has a story that I haven't read yet uh, talking about, you know, did they violate uh, uh, meeting laws? I've been told by a source that the school board asked well in advance for the main assembly room for their meeting. And Commissioner Jay, and I guess in his last act as chairman, decided that the commissioners should uh, have that room instead of going to the small assembly room um, where they could have easily fit, where the people that watched the county commission could have fit in the small assembly room and all those other folks could have fit in the main assembly room for the school board. But that was Commissioner Jay's um, last act as commission chairman. And so we'll see if there's any litigation there. Last night, um, I was sent some information about a federal lawsuit that's been filed by parents of, of three um, students in the school system suing uh, Governor uh, Bill Lee and Knox County over no mask mandate. We'll see how that goes. Uh, that has hit the news today being uh, Friday, September the 10th, uh, September the 3rd. Um, and so we'll see where that goes. Um, I didn't want to be the first news media with it. Um, I asked and I was told that it had not been shared anywhere on any media. And so I could have been the first. Sometimes it's best not to be first. Uh, and in a situation like that, uh, I felt like it was best not to be first on that one. Um, I've had litigation as a blogger. Uh, I got summary judgment from that litigation. Don't want to go through it again. Just don't. Um, so, uh, we've got an election coming up, October 13th, early vote to the 27th, November 2nd, uh, city council election. Uh, we got new leadership in the, uh, city and I mean, in the county commission 
and the county school board. All that's good. All that's good. Uh, a little follow up from my last podcast about the um, about the uh, Tennessee Republican Party State Executive Committee. Uh, you know, there was a contested election in which I was selected as the um, State Executive Committee man for District Six. Lana Smith, uh, wife and former Miss Tennessee, um, was selected as the uh, committee woman for District Six. That is the committee rep- That is the Senate district of Senator Becky Massey. Um, and there's been some discussion about well, you know, the county executive committee selected Randy Pace, immediate former chairman, as their their nominee for. Um, that position. They didn't select Brian Hornback. Uh, the vetting committee of the state executive committee chose me, recommended me, um, which means that, you know, I'm not necessarily that well liked all the time and that's okay. I don't have to be well liked. Um, and they, they selected another of their own. Uh, he's as immediate past chair, he's on the County executive committee and they also selected another of their own in their first vice chair, uh, Elaine Davis, she's the one that ran uh, about a year ago against Gloria Johnson, um, a Democrat. And uh, Elaine Davis uh, was selected to uh, challenge Lana Smith. And um, both Lana Smith and myself won that, that election. And, and you know, the question has come up. <clears throat> why did only two people know about the vacancy or why were only two candidates necessarily pursuing it first of all to be honest with you sometimes some of these state executive committee positions only one person will pick up a petition and run for it anyway so there's not always not a lot of interest in giving all your time and and some of your money uh, to serving on a state executive committee because you have to incur all the expense to go to the meetings. You have to incur the expense of joining the capital club. You have to incur the expense of paying for the statesman's dinner, pay for your own lodging, those type things. Okay. So there's not a lot of people that want to invest that kind of time. I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. I've been invested in the party for a while. Uh, I'm from around here. I've heard that. I've heard, I've heard it recently that Brian Hornback's from around here, Brian Hornback's one of the people from around here. I ain't ashamed of that. I like these Knoxville lights. Okay. Um, But if the party had chosen to keep the precinct committees together and keep an organized entity of a Republican party together, I think there would have been more interest to be honest with you. Uh, so that's one thing that I'm going to do during my uh, time on the SEC is encourage the county executive committee. Now that I am a member of the county executive committee, again, I served as chairman and immediate past chair uh, 2005 to 2009, 2005 to 2007 as chair, 2007 to 2009 as immediate past chair. Uh, I was on the county executive committee. I'm back now because of the fact that I'm uh, a member of the state executive committee. Um, and so I'm going to be working to try to encourage the county executive committee to bring back the precincts. I think it was a bad idea to get rid of the precincts. Uh, and so uh, we will, um, I, I'm going to pursue that. But I think that's the reason 
that there probably wasn't more people that was aware that there was a vacancy on the state executive committee because nobody's talking except the county executive committee. Um, so um, we'll pursue that in the future. Uh, we've got about 20 minutes. Uh, I want to go ahead and end this podcast, let you know that it's uh, been as, as wild of a week as um, <clears throat> as I have described it in this fast 21 minutes. And I'm going to leave us with my buddy Josh Smith, Handsome and the Humbles, my favorite song from them, and I love all their music, but my favorite song, Knoxville Lights. So again, this was uh, episode 47 of the Brian Hornback Podcast. I thank you all for listening.